Hello and welcome to Grace Unscripted. I am your host, Audrey Wallace, and today I got to hang out with Paul Bassone, and I think you're going to really enjoy his story. I want to give you a tissue warning just in case, might want to grab some now, but we're going to go through a journey. We're going to talk about a legacy of a father. We're going to talk about a spirit within their marriage. We're going to talk about how there can be gifts through grief. And then we're going to see how God can really be the author of a beautiful story, even if, even if it's something we wouldn't have chosen for ourselves. Paul, welcome to Grace Unscripted. I'm very excited to be here. Well, thanks for making time. And I know like a sliver of your story and even leaps and bounds over space and time, I feel like. So I'm excited to just sit down and, and dig into how did you get to this chair today and what was your journey through life to be here? Sure. So, um, you know, when you think of your story, there's probably a number of different places we could start. So mm. what do you, where would be a good starting point for you to share with our church and the world your, sure. your story? Um, I've been attending Grace now for, wow, about 12 years now. Uh, my wife and I originally started coming here around 2010, I think. And uh, a big reason for that is my brother... Um, his wife had been going through cancer, and and we were watching how Grace Church was just how they loved on my brother and his wife, Sean, at that time, and how they cared for him. And we, when Sean passed away, we saw how the life group and Grace Church as a whole just rallied around them. And I said, mm. both Sue and I just said, man, I think we'd like to start coming here. Yeah. And so we started coming here in 2010. Wow. Okay. So that was 12 years ago. Mm-hmm. And... From what I understand, this past week was kind of a special a piece of your story as well. Sure. Yeah. I was um, November 23rd was uh, a 10th year, a 10 year anniversary since uh, God had called Sue home mm-hmm. uh, as well. Uh, she had developed cancer in uh, 2012. Mm. And that was a big shock to our world. You know, like, how do you? I remember Cus coming home, and I was like, how do I navigate this? How do I lead us as a husband? Yeah. Yeah. Traumatic as far as that. And, and, and so we're like, okay, God, you're going to have to really be the one who, who comes alongside us and helps us figure this out. And huge number of emotions over those seven and a half years, you mm-hmm. know, and um, her learning what it meant to get ready to die and how do I come along and help her to live Mm. to the fullest yeah. along the way. And um, and we came to Grace at the right time for that last two years, and this was a church that really loved on us mm-hmm. and, in that process too. Mm-hmm. So good timing, yeah. good timing. <laughs> it's, it's nice to be able to say that now, you know, 10 years later, to call yeah. that good timing. Because yeah. it was it was probably a very um, a privileged thing that you got to do with her, like you're saying, mm. leading through that, but painful as well. Mm-hmm. And to have the church family around you with that, I feel like we jumped right into the middle of things. I, I want to go backwards a little bit, like sure. how um, let's maybe even go towards your childhood or how you and Sue met, or if you want to go before that, okay. um, maybe um, if we look at when the Lord came into your life. Okay, you know, what's sure. that part of your story before? We even got there. Okay. Uh, yeah, local boy, Akron boy, grew up in Kenmore. Um, it was really cool. Grew up uh, in a Catholic home. Uh, when I was about six, though, my dad just really felt this conviction, like there has to be something more. How do I know God? And so my dad just went on a search, and he, he ran into a couple that they started talking to my mom and dad and 
turned my dad's life around. He says, I want to become a Christ follower. Wow. And to watch him just progress for that. And my dad just passed away two years ago, too. Oh, but wow. I love the legacy. Mm-hmm. And I know where he's at. So that's that's not a sad story in my mm-hmm. world. That's kind of like, cool, Dad. You're mm-hmm. there enjoying God right now. That's super good. So my dad's decision put, as a, fa- as a family, put mm-hmm. us in a, a trajectory mm-hmm. at that point. You know, so I became a Christian. The same couple that led my dad to the Lord did a, a little vacation Bible school. I got to hear the gospel. Made total sense to me. God loves me. He sent Jesus. I could have my sins forgiven. I could be restored in a relationship with God. And even at six, I went, yeah, wow. I'm in. Yeah. I'm in. Let me do that. So it was cool. God took you know my family through a process. I'm the oldest of four. Mm-hmm. I got three other siblings. And... Um, just landing at a really good church that here locally that really invested in youth and really set me up. I started doing missions trips even, you know, as a high schooler, mm-hmm. which got me tuned into. I loved what God was doing globally, which I'm sure we'll kind of dig more into. More to come there. Yes, more Spoiler to come alert. There. <laughs> totally understand. Um, and then uh, I met Sue um, at that same church. She grew up as a missionary kid Mm. in a very small kingdom called Swaziland, Mm -hmm. which is located in uh, Southern Africa. And uh, she grew up there the first 17 years of her life. So huge circumstances that brought her. Born there, lived there. Yes, she was born in a Zulu hospital. She was the only white baby. They didn't even even tag her. (laughs) (laughs) We know who you belong to. Yeah, it's like, yeah, (laughs) we're fairly confident this is ours. So yeah, she was born and raised there. And so even her transition of coming back here was a little hard. Yes. You know, I'm American, but I'm not really American yeah. culturally. I'm more right. African. Yeah, she didn't come back here. She just came here for the first time yes. <laughs> as a you know mature young adult. Year old, yeah. Right. So she went to CVCA. Her dad was teaching uh, school there at CVCA. And um, so we met. Uh, I, I love the British accent. <laughs> I have to admit that. You know, like, okay. Okay, girl, talk to me. Keep talking to me. I like I like the way this sounds. And um, you know, there was we we dated, we didn't date for a little while. That whole I'm not mm-hmm. gonna make a Hallmark yep. movie out of this part of it. <laughs> um, but it was just cool that, that we we saw how God aligned us well together and and so yep. Got married, we started helping out with youth groups and Right. And the, actually, your story touches my story here, because from mm-hmm. what I understand, my husband might have been uh, a recipient of your leadership in the youth group as well. Yeah. Yeah. We were, um, Sue and I were attending Maranatha at that mm-hmm. time. And uh, your husband was was a part of the youth group and also a part of our young ad- adult group, too. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I had a chance to Hopefully, I invested in it. Yeah, them thank for the you well. for your service there. Okay. I, I really appreciate that. Cause <laughs> I, he, don't, I don't know if I put all the good stuff in He them, talks but. about his youth group as playing a big part in his life. So, good. And it sounds like you received that and then you gave it away as well. So that's yeah, really we, cool. We loved having young adults and, and youth at our house. We, we mm-hmm. made, even though we never had kids, we felt like we literally raised <laughs> a group. So we started off with junior high. And we served four years with junior high. Ooh. Loved every minute of that There's middle school. There's like a school. dog years ratio there that you should multiply that yeah. by seven yeah. if you're talking it, about middle school. But I love. we loved every minute of it. But there was this day all of a sudden we go, I can't believe we've worked four years with middle schoolers. They're so 
squirrely. <laughs> and, and, but God opened up doors. Hey, would you like to work with high schoolers? Yes, let's, let's move into that. So then we did five years of investing in high schools, which ended up being the same kids we were investing in yeah. in junior high. Yeah. We just kept moving up with them. Five years of that. And then uh, we had an opportunity to start and build uh, a college young adult ministry at the wow. church, which happened to be with the same group. It's almost as though there were a higher power orchestrating it all. Somehow, somehow, someway, yes, yes, agreed. So That's we wonderful. loved it. We loved investing and continuing that investment and had him at our house all the time and we fed him and they ate us out of house and home, mm-hmm. but we, we would do it all again, had him over for build your own baked potato bar or mm-hmm. bring your own cereal and we'll provide the milk. And, um, <laughs> but that's where real life, just having conversations. We got to know their stories and, and hear the things they were excited about, but also got to join them in the, some mm-hmm. of the struggles they were having, and mm-hmm. having or things going on at home. And um, Ooh, it was yeah. an investment soon I just jumped into and we, we love it. And it's cool that to this day, the connections I still have with some of those individuals. Mm-hmm. Wow. So were you full-time ministry? Were you both in that ministry? It's wonderful you got to do that together. Yeah, yeah. So at, during, there was a long period of time I was working as a, as a chemical technician hmm. uh, for a local company, which is weird because I haven't had chemistry since my junior year of high school. <laughs> I was a sociology major, so what was I doing? It's like... <laughs> Again, there's this higher power. Yes. There's, there's a great God who's kind of writing the story. There's a plan. And putting the script together. Mm-hmm. And um, so we just started helping out with you just because, wow, we felt like we had something to give and something mm-hmm. to offer. Um, there came a point that when I was at Maranatha, they said, hey, we know we know you're in your 30s, but would you consider becoming an intern? Mm. And we'll pay for you know, your seminary work. So I, you know, Sue and I prayed about it. Um, she was a sign language interpreter oh, for Akron wow. Public Schools at the time. What a woman of talent. Oh, <laughs> we could go down there. Area people that have seen her do her craft, she was phenomenal. So Akron Public Schools, she was working there. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, the benefits were good. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I could, okay, God, let me go down that road. So mm-hmm. I was able to kind of get my degree, become a pastor in the process. And so got to do it as a vocation too, as mm-hmm. well as somebody who did it just living out of their normal job. Wow. That is definitely divinely orchestrated mm-hmm. in so many ways. Um, so then thinking timeline and tying the beginning of your telling your story to this this most recent part. So then um, you were full-time ministry when you um, when Sue was diagnosed mm-hmm. and you went through that journey and that experience yeah. and, and ended up landing here with your now Grace family. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that was in 2012 or yes. 10? 10, 10 when we started 2010. here. 2010. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So how have you, what has your journey at Grace been like? What have you been involved sure. in here? And What's been, you know, what's been the fire for you here at Grace? Yeah, excellent questions. Um, so I have a lot of memories of, of us when we first started here. And, you know, her, her cancer was getting worse and worse. Um, there was a point where we, were, she, we, we came in a wheelchair. Mm. She was having more difficulty walking. And uh, we heard Jeff's call that, Truly, the the godly people go on Saturday night. So Saturday night yes, was our thing. <laughs> and um, 
we would come in so hurt. I mean, just mm. doctor's news and yeah, just her going through pain and to come in here on a Saturday night and just be swept up in who God is. Mm. And it was like every message during that time period felt like, that's exactly what we need to mm. hear. Here is a God who's still good, who still loves us, and he will walk this unknown journey with us through every step of the way. And we needed to keep hearing that. Mm -hmm. So it was nice to come in and worship and just quit thinking about us and Mm -hmm. thinking about who he is. Oh, how he loves us. Yeah, exactly, (laughs) exactly. Um, And then by 2012, throughout that summer, and at that point in time, we had a two-story house, and I would... um, I would carry her downstairs in the morning. Mm-hmm. She worked as long as she could until that that uh, finished out the year at uh, 2012 at Akron Public Schools. And then um, we had called her mom and dad from the mission field, and we said, I, I think it's time you guys come home. So they retired. And mm-hmm. so in the morning, I would carry her down from our bedroom mm-hmm. downstairs. And I, I look back and go, I can't believe I was that strong to carry, <laughs> you know, lift her up and carry her down. and. Yeah. I'd put her on the couch and we'd get get her ready for the day and then mom and dad would come and then I would go to work. Uh, But we could tell it was getting worse and worse uh, along the way and she fought it well. Mm. I'm very proud of how she did that. She was was raw and very honest, but showed that she wanted this to be for God's glory. And she really, in fact, she had put a caring bridge Mm-hmm. Uh, a thing out there, journaling, and she would just say, and she called it. It was in Latin, like which I can't remember off the top mm-hmm. of my head, but for God's glory. Mm. And she lived out her life that way, and, and her testimony was good. And we had people coming to our house, and we were real. We weren't trying to paint yeah. it like, this is going well, and good things are going to happen. Right, and right. We were honest with, yes, this is hard. Mm-hmm. This is really hard to dig through. And then came that day, and uh, it was November 23rd. It was the day after Thanksgiving. Mm. We were all together as family. None of us saw it coming. Wow. You know, we took her back home. She was there at our house, and um, we went to bed. Mm. And there was something in the morning. I said, something's off. She's not herself. And so I was trying a couple things that I knew and she wasn't really responsive. And then I was off to the side and I looked over and I just saw her slump, slump Mm -hmm. over. And I knew, I was like, wow. Okay. I just Mm -hmm. grabbed her on the bed, just held her, cried. Yeah. And I realized now looking back how much of an intimate moment God Mm -hmm. gave us in that space. It wasn't, it wasn't at a, facility. Mm -hmm. It was just her and I and God in that moment. And he met how he met me in that moment. And I was really glad to spend that time with her before I started having to make those calls. And so I came out, you know, do the funeral and I was able to have a a celebration ceremony here that Jeff did a great job Mm. of sharing the gospel. And we read a letter that Sue had wrote and, mm-hmm. and it was a phenomenal, it was powerful. And it was all, yay, cool, we closed this out well. And mm. 
I remember even the day we we did her graveside graveside ceremony and um we went back to the chapel which is where we were first married oh, and okay. to do the dinner and um at some point during I didn't eat much but I went I want to go back into um the room where we were married and so I went into there and I walked down that aisle that she would have walked down mm. a little over 20 years earlier mm-hmm. And I stood at that same spot where we made those vows and exchanged those vows. And I, I remember telling God through a lot of tears, I said, I get it. I said, your, your fathership trumps my husbandship. Ooh. I think you should say that again. <laughs> I said, I told God, I said, your fathership trumps my husbandship. She is yours first. Yeah. And like her dad gave her away here, I'm giving her away to you. Mm-hmm. I'm glad she went first. She's enjoying mm-hmm. the reward first. Mm-hmm. Now, I had no idea what this journey was going to look like for me moving on. Yeah. But something told me, I'm glad I'm the one walking this part. Mm-hmm. But it was just so cool to not we invested so strongly in those seven and a half years. I thought we had, we had a good marriage, but cancer did something to drive us closer mm-hmm. together. Yeah. So I made the illustration I like is, um, um, when we first got married, we were, we were, we were doing a dance. Now this dance was like two people. We did our, we had our own separate dance. She, okay. I was doing more investment in the youth world. She was had her sign language mm-hmm. stuff. But we were very supportive of each other's dance. Mm-hmm. Cancer made us dance the same dance. Clinging to one another. Yes. And that was the testimony I mm-hmm. felt like, again, not because we were braver, smarter, stronger than anyone else. We just, we leaned into God right. even more. Right. And he, the blessing came out that we drove deeper and deeper in love. Mm-hmm. I learned, uh, C.S. Lewis wrote uh, in his book, uh, A Grief Observed, he said that um, the deeper you love, the deeper your grief will be. Oh, wow. And I, and I found that was true. I was like, and, and I'll be honest, Audrey, there was, once I, I, I finished the race well, right. I got there, and then it was like, what? Now, now you're you're sore, you're tired, you're exhausted. It's just like a marathon race. Like, yes. oh, I, I accomplished Perfect. it. I practiced. I did my good deed, and then whoa, I've got a backache and my legs hurt, and I've been carrying my bride. And now, how do I yeah. how do I approach this without my my love, without yeah. my confidant, without yeah. this partner? So yeah, this, this let's journey us. into that. Yeah, what yeah, is- we had worked so hard to be an us mm-hmm. that I didn't know. Like, how do I be a me? Mm-hmm. I didn't know what that could look like now mm-hmm. because I doubled down. True on on the us, and I remember early on, a couple months after she passed away, I was like, I'm still kind of like in this fog of how do I figure this out? You know, of where do I go from here and and it was something dumb happened. I think I think somebody had hacked into my Yahoo account's password <laughs> change. I got furious. Mm-hmm. I just remember sitting in my office, getting angry, and I was looking at God. I go, all right, God, as if you haven't taken enough away mm-hmm. from me, is there anything else around here you feel like? And I was like, I stopped. Mm-hmm. And I realized, I am 
angry. Mm-hmm. Now, anger has never been a an emotion I okay. thought had any purpose. And mm-hmm. so I would always talk myself out of it mm-hmm. or rationalize it, saying, no, no, no. This is why anger is not a proper response right. in there. But in that moment, I'm angry. And I paused because I thought, oh, no, here comes the thunder. Yeah. You know? There's I don't know whole... if you ever, there's a, there's a, there's a clear and pleasant, ah, clear and present danger. There is this thing where Harrison Ford's in there and he finds out that the president has been lying. Okay. And so pre, uh, Harrison Ford, he confronts a president about his actions and the things he did. And the president turned and looked at him and he goes, how dare you growl at me like some junkyard dog? Oof. That's what I thought God was going to say to me. <laughs> how dare you? Yeah. Were you I, there when I built, when I created yeah, the mountains I and I put the stars in the sky? Yeah. yeah. And I thought that moment was coming. But in that moment, in the quietness of it, I found a God who said, I understand. Mm. I will join you. You're angry. Mm-hmm. And it's good you're admitting it finally. Oh, wow. And those were huge steps for me to find out I have a God who will meet me at the crossroads of where I am. He's not expecting, count it all joy. We're mm-hmm. excited. You know, these moments. No, you're hurting. You're angry. Mm-hmm. And I remember started having some really honest dialogues with God, mm-hmm. even thinking back. Why did she have to be in pain? Mm. I get her. If you want to call her home, again, fathership, we're good with here. Mm -hmm. But why the pain? It felt so over the top at that point. Mm -hmm. And it, Audrey, it kind of reminds me with God, it's like uh, the Garden of Eden, where Satan um, basically got Adam and Eve to doubt the goodness of God. Mm. And somehow Satan twisted in a way that God was the bad guy in the Mm -hmm. story. And I felt like this was that moment where Satan was trying to say, you know who's at fault here? It's God. Mm-hmm. And I had to go, I, I'm wrestling with that. Mm. And again, I went to C.S. Lewis' book, and I saw that this great man, this theologian, he wrestled with that after his wife's yes. death, too. And it was okay. Yeah, as long as you're wrestling. If you're sitting yeah. down and letting it pass, that's yeah. not good. If you're, yeah. you know, not addressing it, but if you're doing the work of wrestling, yes. I think that's what God wants us to do, and He'll be yeah. there. And so started, and then so we we started to have this journey and this dialogue and this honesty. And I came to the point of just saying, I need you, God. I I can't do this without. I have some questions. I have some why questions. Rather than you know, get rid of them or say they're not important. I believe they're important to you as mm-hmm. well. So I'll tell you what, I don't want these to interfere, these 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 why questions, these how, why did this have to happen kind of thing. I'm going to table these. I'm just going to set them to the side for now because mm-hmm. I need this clean, clear access with you. Mm-hmm. And I believe, in one of my beliefs is that I believe God wants to address this with me at some point in time. Mm-hmm. He wants to heal. Yes. He does. And here's the crazy thing in this process. I gave this pain. I I thought by giving God the pain, he would take it away Mm -hmm. or fix it. And instead I found he joins me. And then here's the big thing. He redeems the pain. Mm, Tell me more about what that means. (sighs) Wow. Um, So by redeeming it, he, he causes good things to come out of it. 
Okay. He makes beauty mm-hmm. out of ashes. Mm-hmm. Sing it. And and in and, and, and a way you're going, how? I could never write a story this good. Mm-hmm. Never. And yet you somehow are bringing good things out of this. You know, people are hearing the gospel because of Sue's testimony. People are watching my life and and I am where I am not because I'm I'm strong. I you know, I I'm more spiritual. Mm-hmm. It has nothing. I'm very weak need. I know how weak I feel. Mm-hmm. And here's a God who says, I get that. But if you'll give this over to me, mm-hmm. I will make good things come out of it. I will cause your relationship with me to go to a level you could never do without this. And- now, if you ask me, knowing this outcome, would I accept what happened to Sue? And I go, ooh, that's a... That's a, but I, all I know is he he has caused this mm-hmm. richness. I'm I've learned to trust him with the hardest thing in my that has ever gone on in my mm-hmm. life, and he has proven to be faithful. He's proven to be good mm-hmm. in it. Yeah, and I think um, beyond that, even the distances that you would go in your in your last decade. So I'd love to hear a little bit about that sure. um, because. You know, when I think of Paul Bassone, I think of missionaries, and we we hinted to that earlier in mm-hmm. our conversation sure. here. <laughs> and you know, there's this whole piece that I'm so. First of all, I just want to thank you for sharing that. Mm. I mean, right down to the moments of embracing your bride, and mm-hmm. that you know, it is an absolute privilege to have those yes. intimate and cherished moments in the hardest and worst thing and also the greatest gift. So thank you, God, for those those cherished moments. Um, mm-hmm. And thank you for sharing that with us so that mm-hmm. more people who maybe have been in that role, maybe will one day be in that that role, yeah. can really just hear another perspective and, and feel comfort in a fellow a fellow survivor of sure. of grief, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, but then like there's a catalyst there yeah. that I know launched a whole bunch of sure. new things. So yeah, here's the crazy uh Audrey, we Sue and I always, I mean, like I said, she's an MK, missionary kid for those who know that <laughs> uh phraseology. Uh so we thought at some point in time God was gonna equip us and we were ready to go. And it was just weird. Um circumstances never aligned themselves. We were we were thinking about it right before she got cancer and going, ah, oh, that's mm. going to be hard to navigate her sickness and be gone. And and so after she passed away, one of the things I just said to God, I was like, okay, I'm not setting a course. I'm not setting a direction. You're the things that Sue and I did together, investing in youth and 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 uh, what we called influencing the influencers. That was always a big, you know, choice on our part. And I said, I don't know what you want to wire me to do now. Hmm. So I'm going to take some space, and you're going to have to open up doors. Whether that's relationally, ministry, I'm just going to wait and see what you do. And he, he took me into like about a two, two to three-year healing process where he just allowed me to adjust. He he brought people into my life to encourage, mm-hmm. to uh, come with me in this, this part of the journey. And uh, one of the first open doors, he, almost the same time, Joe came to me and said, hey, I understand you used to do a lot of missions trips, which is true back at Maranatha. Mm-hmm. And um, 
I did a number, like a dozen of mission trips, you know, taking uh, high schoolers to in Mexico. And uh, so Joe had heard about it. And so Joe always has a plan. Mm-hmm. For somebody's life, mm-hmm. uh, so he said, "Would you he, be he's interested?" And in... the Holy Spirit yeah. just taking some action yeah, there. Yeah. Um, and so I had an opportunity to go and be with some teams, and then he was like, "Hey, I got this new thing in in Mazalan, Mexico, somewhere, would, and this guy named John Reeser. We don't know much about mm-hmm. him. Would you consider going down?" And and next thing I know, I'm starting to go down. I'm kind of developing that new partnership, you know, Mm -hmm. and I'm still at this time I'm working again as a chemical technician Mm, at a company. So I'm just back, just (laughs) doing my thing. Mm -hmm. Just a little side hustle of mission work. Yeah. (laughs) And, 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 and so one of the first I helped, I helped out with the student men and then this idea of, Hey, what about college students? So I, at the time it was Keith Keltner, Mm -hmm. you know, leading uh, the college ministry and, and so I said, yeah, I'll help you take a team down. Well, that opened up an opportunity. Would I like to help out with the college ministry at that time, which was known as New, Perspe- mm-hmm. uh, New Perspective? And so I said, sure. I, I know I used to do it in the past. And and next thing, I'm back and being in love with working with young adults again. Yeah. And I was like, you know, by that time, I'm in my 50s. And I'm going, do I still have game? <laughs> do I still got game with 20-year-olds or am you I got to learn a whole new boomer? language. Yeah, am I a boomer? <laughs> You know, yeah. an outer reach on there. Yes and, and yes. Yeah. Both of those things are true. <laughs> but it was interesting. God continued to give me a territory that normally my age group doesn't have. That's amazing. And so I'm having these young adults and I'm getting to know them and building relationship and encourage them to come on mission trips and getting to know them even more. And, um, you know, I came to the point, even one young man, um, he grew up in Kenmore like I did. Mm-hmm. And I said, do you want to come in? And I have a spare room. And so he's lived with me for six years and he oh, had come wow. from a hard past. And so it was cool to invest in him. So God opened up these two unique ministry opportunities, both with young adults and, and leading teams to Mexico mm-hmm. and developing that partnership. And I was like, all right, God. This, this is where you want me to go. I didn't ask for these. Yeah. I didn't go to Joe. I didn't go to Keith. I just saw these were the doors that God flung open. Mm-hmm. You know, so and then shoulder to shoulder, you know, came into being uh, there in Mazalan. And I guess they had seen me down there long enough. They're like, well, you're coming down two to three times a year anyway. <laughs> Might as well put your name on a locker you, yeah, and make, like, it, make yeah. it. <laughs> Yes, exactly. So it's like, we might as well ask you, do you Mm want to, you know, come on staff? Mm -hmm. And uh, God did some things to affirm. And there's there's another whole part of my story where I'd say I've struggled with feeling adequate to do certain things. Mm -hmm. And so to make a move that big, you go, am I enough to do this? Mm -hmm. I don't. I have these weaknesses. My Spanish isn't even that good. Okay, Moses. And, and, yeah, yeah, <laughs> Moses. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thanks for calling me out on that. That's so true. Um, and God says, don't worry about whether you're adequate. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about whether this logically stacks up where you're like, oh, yeah, you're the no-brainer mm-hmm. person for this. Do you trust me to lead you into something that you feel inadequate? Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh. Okay, let's do this. Mm-hmm. You know, so coming to that point of going into your boss, you know, the job I had here and saying, sure. I'm going to leave my job here. 
And there I'm, goes a lot of comfort, safety net, you know, all the things of this world yes. that we might put onto yeah. a higher shelf than it belongs on. Yeah. So Knowing was, where you're, you, you know, when you have a job here, you can, really, I got a budget. I know mm-hmm. how much I'm making in it. Now I'm going to be like, I got to go ask for support mm-hmm. now. I don't know what my budget's going to look like, you know, next year and stuff like that. But there, there were some things he did to affirm uh, his calling in there. One of them is uh, there was a, about a year ago, I was getting ready to go back down from Mexico for the, uh, a couple weeks here in the winter. And I was thinking about the finances and how things were going to look. And uh, of all things, I went to the, gro- I went to the grocery store and, um, I got, you know, like $50 worth of groceries. And um, there was this guy in, in front of me, and he got out of line to to get some things. And when he went to get back, and I, he got behind me, and I said, sir, you know, you're welcome to go back where you were. It's, yeah. it's, it's all cool. So he said, oh, great. Thanks for doing that. So he gets up, gets his groceries, but he stops at the end. You know, so I'm putting my stuff yeah. on the belt at this point, and I'm kind of weirded out. This guy's this is looking a stranger, at me. right? Yeah, yeah, total guy. <laughs> never met him before, uh, and it, it got done ringing it up, and he he spoke to the cashier and says, "I want to pay for this guy's groceries." Okay. And I was like, "What?" You know, and so in my head, I'm thinking, "How many times do you say no before you have to say?" Sure, yeah. right. You so, got to do the respect. So I, I did this oh, first. Oh no, really? Right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh yes. Okay. So after the second time, it was clear he wanted to do it, and and I. Wow, I have never had somebody buy groceries. Wow. From there, I went to the office. I get a text from one of my buddies who, who's um, pastoring and starting a church in the Canal Fulton area. He sends me a text. says, hey, I have some news for you when you give me, give me a call. So I said, cool, I'll go get it. So I went, found a spot, gave him a call. He said, yeah, I just talked with our elder board. We want to start supporting you right away next month. Never asked for anything. I never had asked him. He was my friend. I didn't mm-hmm. want to put him on the spot. And, mm-hmm. and, he, and he told me the amount. And he goes, I wish we could do more. And I was like, I am gratified. Wow, I yes. am like, you've done so much. So between those two events, mm-hmm. literally back to back, mm-hmm. what I heard God saying is, Paul, I will meet your everyday needs. Yes. And I also have your long-term needs covered. Absolutely. And so for me, it was like, okay. I don't have to worry about this. And it's clear yep. I'm going where you want me to go. And this isn't about whether I'm adequate, am I the right, am I the one equipped. Yep. I'm just the one you have said go. Yes. And the satisfaction and the security that mm. comes in that Ooh, yes. is so awesome. It's more than a paycheck for being a, a chemical uh, Engineer. technician. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> chemical technician, yes. Yeah, yes. I'd say. So what a, what a wonderful kind of bringing that right back to date here, um, you know, kind of completion to something you said earlier was the story you never would have written. And yeah. would you have, but that is, that is faith is the look, the evidence of your own journey in the past. Mm-hmm. Now the doubt will come, the, the thoughts of insecurity will come. But then when you look at your own history, there's a psalm and, and David is, you know, of course, wallowing and mourning and, and being attacked by everyone. And he said, but then I remember the things, there's probably many psalms this is, and there's, I remember the things that God has done. How could I, how could I doubt or have any sadness? I just remember. So think that within your story, within your journey Mm -hmm. to remember, you know, your dad and that man Mm -hmm. who 
opened his eyes to a whole new relationship and depth with Jesus. And then at six years old, what you got to see and experience from sounds like the same, same guy. And then that Mm -hmm. journey that your family got to go on Mm -hmm. to then leading you to Sue at CBCA Mm -hmm. as a teenager with her Mm -hmm. beautiful British accent. And I mean, she was just a beautiful angelic like human because I I did get to meet her Um, to all those mission trips and how you are re you're like doing a sequel, but the kind of sequel where they kind of just take the first one and and do it a little differently, but the same cast, but 20 years later. <laughs> That's good. That's a great. I, I like that enough. Because yeah. you're doing that, mm-hmm. and but you know, but we lost we lost one of the cast members in between. Yeah. But you're still like doing that work that was so precious between yeah. you and Sue, as well as you and the Lord. And I also I want to just kind of finish with your um, I, constantly in your statements. I heard. And I talked to when I was waiting for you to say my dad, or I talked to Joe, but you kept saying, I talked to God. Mm. I talked to God and God told me this and God told me that. And the only part I heard you say something else is when you said, I was insufficient. I doubted I right there at the end, which God Mm. pretty quickly corrected. Mm -hmm. And I think just by reminding you Mm -hmm. of his faithfulness, not of your effort or strength or skill or ability. Mm -hmm. So, whew. Yeah. Yeah, even that would uh, just to kind of bring that that story. You know, God is an amazing author. Mm-hmm. It's not just in my life, but in in all our lives who've kind of surrendered that over. And mm-hmm. there are moments why God's writing our story. We'll go. I don't like this page. I don't <laughs> like where this chapter. Amen. And in mm-hmm. the moment, we're going. I, I want to offer my own suggestions. Mm-hmm. God, I think you need to rewrite this. And I got here's some ideas behind <laughs> it. But when I look back and I go. You have done this in a way that I, I could never have. Mm-hmm. And, and, I, and as a Christ follower, I know where the ending goes anyway. Yeah. The hard part is the between now and the, mm-hmm. that last chapter. And um, there was a, a C.S. Lewis wrote um, in the Chronicles of Narnia. He does this. There's seven books that mm-hmm. go into that. And then in the very last page, he, he says this, because there's this, like, this homecoming scene, like all these characters. Mm-hmm. And... He says, and now begins chapter one of the greatest story ever told, which up until now has only been the title and cover page. Mm. So when I think about Sue and I think about my dad and I think even my own life, right now, this isn't the real story yet. Mm. As much as he's an awesome author and he's he's engaged with, he's involved, but the real story Mm -hmm. has yet to be written. Yeah. And I can't wait. Now, the title and cover page are are important because they kind of set a tone. They Mm kind of point to a direction. That's true. So I want this title and cover page now Mm -hmm. to matter. Mm -hmm. But I can't wait for what he has yet to write, both even in my journey between now and when he calls me home, as well as what he has in store. In eternity. In eternity. So I guess I'm just saying I'm abandoned to it. Mm Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Fully surrendered. And I can see that. I can see that in the the pieces I got to learn. I I told you at the beginning, I knew a sliver. Uh And I'm sure I still know a sliver. There's so much more to you and to your story. But I really appreciate you sharing these, you know, even the vulnerable sides here today. I think this is really going to serve anybody who listens really well. So thank you. Thank you for being you. Thank you for trusting in the Lord. And thank you for sharing your story with us. Appreciate it, Audrey. Thank you. 